got the finger from Percy. That means it's Wednesday night. It's podcast night. We got a neat episode tonight. We've got our uh, good friend and podcast alumni and a big time supporter and helper for us, Jimmy Dwayne Bowen, affectionately known as Jimmy D, Jimmy Wayne, Wayne, LL Cool J, all the above, and LL Cool Wayne. LL Cool Wayne and my favorite, Wayne. So we're glad you're back. Um, This was your idea to do this topic, and uh, we lost Tina Turner. Uh, I guess it's been a couple weeks now, and if someone ever made a comeback in their career, it was Tina. So uh, Wayne decided that uh, let's do comebacks, comeback artists. And then it made sense because we had the Made on the Mountain Fest here in Albertville this, this past Saturday where... Percy and I emceed it, and Percy got to be the judge at the rib shootout. We had a good time, a lot of great music, followed up with Boss Gags. But come back, we want the Made on the Mountain Fest to come back next year, which I have confirmed they have full intentions of coming back next year. So that's good. Before we get rolling, I want to thank our sponsors, Spices Smokehouse Crackers with Robert and Lynn Intricum. Uh They were a big part of Made on the Mountain Fest. Doug and Wendy Sherrod, uh, Busted Oak Bourbon Society. They also own bootleggers. They, too, were a big part of the Made on the Mountain Fest, as well as having a VIP tent at the Made on at the uh, Boss Gags concert. So uh, with all that being said, many thanks to them. Uh, they're, they're great friends and good supporters, as is Wayne, and we're glad you're back with us. So... Well, it's good to be back. I want to say that uh, I went to the Smokehouse Crackers booth right by the stage there, and I said, you're the guys they advertise on First in Face Podcast. And he lit up and said, oh, yeah, yeah, my wife's been on there uh, a few times. So, he has too, Robert. Yeah, yeah it's good. So he gave me a sample of some spicy, a new product they have. Oh, we've got some, and we're going to bring yeah. them out here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. 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 The oyster crackers, they're That's fantastic. Right, yeah. God, they're good. I told him I'd get some of those over in center Alabama. I live over in Georgia, and I come to Alabama. We split time here, and I come through center, and I get them at that little store there before you go over the bridge there for the, uh, over Weiss Lake. Good Very crackers. good. Good folks. Good. Glad y'all made the connection. So this is Comeback Artists, and we're going to rank our top five. And, and to describe what a Comeback Artist is, it could be a band, it could be an artist, uh, someone that you know was very successful and had a lot of hits and they just sort of went away for a while for whatever reasons. It could be changes in the band, it could be personal situations, and they were gone for a while and then made a huge comeback. And so that's the topic and this should make for a good podcast and discussion and an interesting playlist to boot. So it's, it's, it's across all genres, all decades. It's, it's our list. It's who we think are the top five comebacks and, of course, with our honorable mentions. So with that being said, Percy, I can't wait to hear your honorable mentions. Let's go. My first one's kind of out of the way, and it's from the 80s, and it's by a man. His name is LL Cool J. Related to and if you don't know his name, that stood for Ladies Love Cool James. Mm, I never knew that. Do you know that? In nineteen eighty seven he had a a big record with Bigger and Deffer. And a few years passed all the way to the nineties when he when he had Mama Said Knock You Out. Which is a cool hit. And the first line in that song is I'm don't back. don't call it a comeback. Okay. You know it's amazing to me that Percy knows the rap. Yeah. Was that uh, that '87 album had that "I'm Bad"? Was it that, did. Uh, yeah, that's a great. Uh, we were in uh, college there. Yeah, uh-huh. we were. I'm bad. No rapper can rap quite like I can. I take a muscle bound man and put his face in the sand. The damn, damn. He's the greatest. I mean, like, yeah. LL. LL was great. And my next honorable mention. It's really because of my dad, my man from Valdosta, Georgia. And in the mid-60s, he had pop success with Down in the Boondocks. Okay. Cherry Hill Park. 
But almost 20 years later, he had a, a top 10 country success with several albums. And the song I'm going with from that is Burn Like a Rocket. That's not Buck Owens, is it? No, it's Billy Joe Royal. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Billy Joe. He had top 10 hits with that, and I'll pin a note on your pillow. And there's a lot of pop artists that kind of drifted. David Allen Cole did a song about a pillow. We won't get into that. That kind of drifted in to country. And my last one is from my favorite Beatle, and it's George Harrison. Yeah. 15 years went by till he came out with a hit song, Got My Mind Set On You. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And MTV probably had a lot to do with that. I'm the sure. Video. So did Jeff Lynn. And that was an old R&B song that he covered. Well, that's an interesting selection, I must say. I mean, he's made some comebacks from the Beatles to, you know, his solo career and then sort of disappeared for a bit and then came back in the 80s with MTV. Wasn't he the first Beatle to have a number one record uh, or a hit record solo? Um, hmm, He may have been, yeah. Maybe somebody can fact check us on that. Solo, I'm going to say yes, because Paul was in a band, so. Right. Yeah, with Wings. All right, so those are your honorable mentions. Outstanding. Yeah. Wayne, what you got, bro? Great list, person. So my honorable mentions, I got to start with, I think they call him Yusuf or Cat Stevens. Yep. Cat Stevens, you know, had a great career in the the folk music, 60s, 70s. Yep. But he took like a 25-year hiatus and, and, became a Muslim mm-hmm. and believed that playing the guitar for, for years, believed that playing the guitar was a sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I've read about him this week. Uh, the His son kind of convinced him that that wasn't a sin, and then his his priest or, or whatever did too. So Cat uh, Stevens came back in the, you know, 2011, 2012 into the mainstream music and uh, the song I chose was I Was Raised in Babylon. And there's a Good couple of great albums there that um, uh, that Cat Stevens has made since then that, that are very good. Yeah. And he has a very good uh, concert, um, the Tiny Desk series on NPR. If you ever get a chance to watch that. And plus he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, you know, since mm-hmm. then too. I remember when he decided to convert to um, Islam. Yeah, there were record stations across the land doing the uh, Cat Stevens "Let's Destroy His Albums and Records" kind of That's deal. That's right. I mean, we've come a long way since that. Yeah, but, and you know, I also read that while uh, while he was uh, over there and and kind of not doing any secular music, that he was getting about one and a half million dollars a year in royalties, and he was using that to build schools and and. A lot of things over in the Middle East. So he's, you know, by all accounts, a good guy, and absolutely, um, you know, uh, just that's his religion. And and he, thankfully for us, he's come back and he's producing, you know, mainstream music now too. So good choice. So my second honorable mention, Santana. Oh How yeah, about Santana. Yeah, you know, a um, legit comeback. In in, in the early 80s you know he went you know I know bands don't produce records now like they did back in the day but he went like seven years without producing a record and back then you know artists and bands produced records every year so that was extraordinary that he went seven years without uh, making any music and then he came back with Rob Thomas yep smooth smooth that's my song smooth 28 years yeah, between, was it 28? In between hit songs. That's right. Wow. Yeah, I and, appreciate it. And then it. he went on a roll with yeah, some things. That's right. He's yeah. done great since. So I appreciate that. that. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, different drinks here, so I, I didn't remember that. So I know yeah, you're well, right. It's your turn. Uh, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I told you I didn't make any notes, but I'm I'm I'm, da- I'm on dangerous ground here, going by my memory. But uh, my third honorable mention, Neil Young. Yes. Neil Young in the 80s was experimenting with, you know, electronic music and 
uh, even got you know got signed by Geffen Records and got sued by David Geffen because he wasn't making Neil Young music. Right. And Neil Young said, "How can you tell me I'm not making Neil Young music when I'm Neil Young?" Yeah. But it was just. Uh, I think I we can all can agree that David Geffen's a turd. He is. He, he is a turd. He's a turd, but he's worth about yeah, seven billion dollars. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and, and and for us, you know, he, you know, discovered a lot of music, but yes, he is a turd. Uh, so Neil Young came back in 1989 with a great album, great song, "Keep On Rocking in the Free World." Free World. So that's my song there. So those are my honorable mentions. Those are great choices. All right. A little bit, you dug a little deeper in the well. All right. So we'll start with uh, my honorable mentions, and they're fairly straightforward, but I want to get this one out there. It's, it's a personal favorite. So I'm going to go with the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl in, in particular. So, you know, after the death of Cobain, Nirvana was done. Dave was a drummer forms the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters are worldwide renowned. They're fantastic. They lose Taylor Hawkins. You know, that he was a big part of the band. And uh, they replaced him going back on tour. I'm going to see him. Uh, my lovely wife and I, Amanda, are going uh, next week to see the Foo Fighters in Birmingham. So I wanted uh, the Foo Fighters, especially mentioning Dave Grohl. And the song is from... Uh, Foo Fighters' first album, and it's uh, This Is A Call. Yeah. So that's my first honorable mention. Awesome. Yep. I watched last night, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I watched the MTV Unplugged, the full concert of last night. That was awesome. It was great. And, and Dave Grohl is a young man with a ponytail. Yep, and they had right Pat Smear with, back there playing with them. And he didn't have any shoes on. Have you ever noticed he had <laughs> yeah. his socks? No. Punk. I mean, he's like that's a punk rocker, man. Yeah, he was. Right there, how do you not wear shoes? Yeah, no, very cool. Love Dave Grohl. I think he's the historian of rock. He is awesome. Yeah, good dude. So my next honorable mention is Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, lead singer of Black Sabbath, um, mega successful band, rock and roll hall of famers. Yeah, most of us know the story of Ozzy. He went off the deep end and uh, met Sharon, and she got him back on track and actually introduced him to some record producers I'm pretty sure that she was related to. She worked for the company, and that's where they re she decided to release some doves in the office, and Ozzy grabbed a dove out that landed on him and bit its head off. Yeah. And the rest was history, and his comeback... Um, was uh, Blizzard of Oz, you know, the album Blizzard of Oz, and I'm, I gotta go with Crazy Train. I mean, That's awesome. immediate hit, it landed Ozzy firmly back into the scene. So that's my second honorable mention. My third honorable mention, um, it's pretty obvious, it's ACDC. Um, you know, when you lose someone like Bob Scott, their first lead singer, um, that's pretty devastating. ACDC had a, a very unique sound with Bond singing, and they were just hard rocking, I mean, raw rocking band. They lose him, he died. I think it was, uh, he drank himself to death and froze in the back of a, a limo or something. So a lot of people thought ACDC were done. They found Brian Johnson, Back in Black, was born, and that album when I was in high school and college, everyone had that, and they were jamming to it. So my song is obviously Back in Black, ACDC. Great And that's story. Percy's least favorite ACDC song because I know that because last night I also listened to Percy and Faye's podcast number one, Classic Rock Albums, <clears throat> and I remember him saying, that was my least favorite song. Yeah. Is that yeah. true? That's true. I, there was a lot right. of overplay. I, in that. I agree. Yeah. I love the song, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of you. A great album, but there was many other great songs on that. There album, there were, like. but I, that to me, if I wanted to find the comeback song, because they're back. That's it. Oh, no. Back. I, it was I about, agree with that. It was about yeah. uh, Bond. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what they wanted to do is uh, make a song about him and. That was it. And I'll tell you, a great story 
about that album and Brian Johnson. And, and just one little tidbit, I heard an interview with Brian Johnson. He said he got caught. He'd been out of the business for five or six years. You know, he was a singer of a you know, semi-successful band, uh, Jordy, and he got a call from a, a, an English lady, and she said, uh, you will come to uh, London to, uh, you know, interview with a band and he's like well who is it i'm he had a windshield installing business and he said who is it and she said i can't say and she said i can tell you the initials are ac dc there we go <laughs> he's like ac dc <laughs> so he came there and got the job and the rest is history he's done a great job he's like i'm freaking company. there man <laughs> yeah great song funny Especially. to hear him talk about that he said she said it's the initials are ac dc <laughs> They're hard rocking, love them, and that comeback album was phenomenal. It was. Yeah. It, it could make anyone's number one, to be honest with you. So, all right, we're ready to get into top fives. All right, Percy, can't wait. What's, your t what's number five for you? My number five is by a man who was dropped by his record label that he had been a part of for, for a great number of years, and it's The Man in Black. And the song I'm taking is Hurt because yes. it was such a huge success. But that picture of him flipping the bird to the camera was so became so famous when he had that number one hit with that song. He took an ad out in a Nashville magazine, or it was in the newspaper, I believe. It was. Of him flipping the bird because he's like, okay, Columbia, you dropped me. Yeah. But now I'm back. Eat this. And had huge success with all the American recordings. Yeah, the American recordings with Rick Rubin was the rebirth of Johnny Turned Cash. Turned on a whole new generation to Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. It's a good number five. Good. Wayne, what you got? Good number five. <clears throat> my number five is my favorite band of all time, Leonard Skinner. Yep. I mean, we've talked about it. Every time I've been here, I know. But 1977, plane crash, well documented. Their leader, their lead guitar player, you know, one of the Honkettes, mm -hmm. you know, dies. They and go not ten, just the leader, go, but the songwriter. That's right. Ronnie wrote the songs. They go 10 years. And I will say, I will admit, uh, and let me just say this first. I contend that there has never been a greater run of five albums by any band their first five albums are just uh, the best in my opinion and if you compare it to Leonard, uh, Led Zeppelin you know Led Zeppelin 4 is the greatest of all time but 3 not yeah. so good in my opinion but they had five of the greatest solids solid albums uh, in a row of, of all time they didn't ever reach that level again but you know what they're selling out Venues, to this day. Uh, today, today. To this and day. They've had some incredible lineups. Uh, you know, when they came back in 91, 92, uh, and, and made their first album, they, they brought a new generation, like you said, of Leonard Skinner fans. And I think that, that Leonard Skinner music would not be as popular today uh, had those, those guys not continued on. And I think that's a valid point. And uh, they had a lot of, you know, new people come in. Medlock, but Medlock recorded like 17 songs with them. That's right. You know, yeah, prior. Um, our very own Damon Johnson touring yeah. with them. He's a guitar player right now. Yeah. Uh, Huey Thompson. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, 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 they kept the band alive. And to me, they're not a. And Jim Harris from the Southern Voice, which we love, and your podcast too, Jim, will tell you just because it's not all the same players, it's still the same band. That's not a cover band. These guys all have cred within the band, whether it's early recordings, writings, whatever, but they've kept that Skinner flag flying. That's right. Yeah. And since, you know, since they came back, Charlie Daniels was kind of the one credited with getting them to start playing again together. And a lot of those guys were crippled up. You know, they, they came to the, uh, Percy, what was it called? The, the Charlie Daniels? They came to the Volunteer Jam. Volunteer Jam in Tennessee. And, yeah. and you know, uh, played and, and he kind of encouraged that, uh, to keep going and they've made 
10 or 12 albums since then, and they've got some great songs. Sure. They're not going to match Simple Man and Free Bird, right. but uh, you know that was a once in a lifetime five records, in my opinion. But well, and I challenge you to listen to. I'm not sure one of Jim Harris's from the Southern Voice Rock Show podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It may have been Stillwater that that played on stage and was right there right before they introduced Skinner back out at that Volunteer Jam for right. the first time. Right. I, I listened to that podcast. So I got a great Leonard Skinner story. Percy knows it. And I just have to tell it. The recording of Sweet Home Alabama. So before they were going to lay down, you know, some recordings, whatever, Ronnie went out and bought a dozen donuts. All right. Then Ronnie goes into the sound booth to lay down the vocal tracks. And you listen to this song at the very end when they're fading out. Ronnie looks at the band and they're eating his donuts. So I challenge everyone, the next time you hear Sweet Home Alabama, as it's sort of fading out at the end, you hear Ronnie go, my donuts, goddamn, because the band is eating his donuts. I've heard that. Yeah, I didn't realize I said donut, donuts. Yeah, my donuts, you know. I thought it said my mama told me. No, goddamn. No, my donuts. They're eating his damn donuts. I told you one time I karaoke that somewhere, and I said it at the end, and everybody freaked out. And they're like, "What?" <laughs> my mama <laughs> told me, goddamn. <laughs> what I thought it's it donuts. Said. <laughs> Anyway, well, fun fact. Yeah, so the song I picked is their first album back with the newly, uh, you know, it was it was the majority of the members right. that survived the plane crash, but it was it was little brother Johnny singing instead mm-hmm. of Ronnie, and it's uh, Red, White, and Blue. That's a good one. And that's a great song. Yeah, it is, no doubt. I would, if it was me, I would go back to when they did Endangered Species. And little brother sang "Devil in a Bottle." That's another good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, their songs that they did post Ronnie, new songs. I think that's the greatest song that they ever did was "Devil in a Bottle." Yeah, both red, white, yeah. and blue, but good choices. Yeah, right. I, I think uh, you know not just the singing, but but Billy Powell. I think I think his stuff was better after the crash because so, yeah. they kind of let him. Well, he was going a little thing. bit more, yep. I think, and he's got some great songs with the keyboard. So I encourage yeah, people to listen to post crash stuff. Yeah, it's very good too. Good selection for number five, that, and that could have made. I'm surprised it wasn't your number one, yeah. to be honest with you. So, all right, my number five is John Fogerty. You know, after CCR, he went a long time before mm-hmm. he really did anything, and he came back strong. And uh, my song selection, I think we we're in college, is Center Field. Well, you know, he got that was the album for the old man down the road that he yep. got sued for plagiarizing his own music. Yeah, yeah. his own music that he wrote and played. Yeah. You know, he that guy could play every instrument, including what the saxophone. And he, he played sax on long as I can see the light. He had to play both those songs in court to prove to them that it was. Yeah, it, they were it's different. funny that that when he, he said he sounds too much like John Fogerty. So that how I John, am Fogarty. John Fogerty. <laughs> I can be so low too, you know. All right, so that's my number five. Percy, what is your number four? My number four is the great Harold Lloyd Jenkins, otherwise known as Conway Twitty. Oh my God, I didn't know his name was Harold Lloyd Jenkins. Had a pop hit in 1958 with It's Only Make Believe. Yeah. And came back in 1970 with his greatest hit ever, Hello, Darling. Yeah, you're looking at me funny when you say that. Well, don't get too excited, because I'm not. <laughs> I, I turned 58 yesterday. And the excitement You'll take it. any look you can get. <laughs> yeah. To be Bring able to come back so with your greatest song ever. That's big. That's big. That's big, yeah. And But he went on to have a slew of success. I mean, he did, yeah. All right, good choice. That's your number four. Wow, I'm doing good keeping up this week. Brian couldn't make it. He's at the beach. Have fun, Brian. I'm having to do all, all this work in here. Yeah, Brian might be the bad influence on you, so you can't remember, like, so maybe you haven't, like, maybe visited just, over here. Yeah, or, maybe uh, so. Uh, he actually keeps us in check yeah, pretty good. But you. anyway, all right, Wayne, what's your number four? All right, so number four, 
not pick Pink Floyd. So Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know. I mean, Sid. After the Wall. No, I'm I'm, okay, I'm going to relate on that. After the right. Wall and the Final Cut. You know, Roger Waters declared Pink Floyd was done. spent, creative force, and it was done. And he was the leader, primary songwriter, all that, creative influence. But those guys came back. They did. Four years later, and they they had that momentary lapse of reason mm -hmm. concert. Remember that? Yes. It was the top grossing concert of 1987 when we were in college. Yeah. Remember it was on MTV yeah. all the time. You could watch that. And so, you know, kudos to those guys after being, you know, under, I love Roger Waters, but he was a dictator in that band. He was, and, he and that did, pretty much drove him apart eventually. That's right. And, you know, he had fired Richard Wright, the keyboard player, been with him since the beginning. He mm -hmm. fired them before, hit him before the wall. And the joke was that Richard Wright was the, was a paid employee, but he was the only one that made money on that tour because it was so expensive and they yeah, lost they money. They had to pay that salary, and they had to pay him a salary, so he yeah. didn't have to underwrite that. So, so Pink Floyd really came back from that. They got you know they went through a long court battle, you know, just an ugly situation, um, and the song that uh, I'm going to pick from from that first album they did with post Roger Waters. Is learning to fly. Great song. Had to be. That had to be the selection for that album. Gilmore. Yeah. 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 And those three guys put it together and they and did. Kind of carried on. Yeah. Yeah. Good and stuff. here's a little interesting story. So. So the drummer, Nick Mason. Yep. I watched the you know one of the documentaries and, and it was just about him. So he was a car collector and he had this like you know, classic Ferrari that apparently today is worth $50 million. You know, it's one of the 20 only of that kind right. or whatever. So he said that uh, in 1987, when they were going go on tour, a record company wouldn't sponsor them because they were worried that, that Roger Waters, you know, this lawsuit and all that, they, 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 you know, they won't have too much trouble. So he had to put that car up as collateral. And that car helped support that tour. He still has that car. That's if amazing. you ever get a chance to watch that Brian Johnson um, Life on the Road, I think right. that's what it's called. He goes, he flies out to, to Nick Mason's garage where he has all these cars, and he talks about that story. And that's how that tour got partially financed, was, was putting car that car up. For collateral. And it was the, it was the top selling concert of that year. That's amazing. Yeah. What a great story, I never heard it before. So that was your number four. That's right. All right, my number four is Aerosmith. They um, they sort of went off into Never Never Land, man. A lot of drug use. Um, Steven Tyler was really in bad shape. Um, he liked heroin. I think everyone back then liked heroin. Mm -hmm. Then this little cool rap band decided to cover Walk This Way, which is Run DMC. Next thing you know, Aerosmith, Run DMC, they're back. And they. Uh, my song is obviously the one they did together, Walk This Way. Well, and that catapulted Run DMC into the White Kids. What? Myself, I'd already been listening to because they had already had a great album with King of Rock. Mm -hmm. I'd already been listening to Run DMC. But for the, the basic white generation, it catapulted Run DMC into their world. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and catapulted Aerosmith back on top because yeah, then they went yeah. with a, they had a string of hits after that in albums. Yeah, not not necessarily songs that I, I liked, but not compared to the '70s Aerosmith. But man, they were hits. Yeah. MTV helped them run DMC, big comeback. They made more money and you know in the '80s in the MTV era they ever did in the '70s. So you know. Anyway. Um, I've mentioned several things I've watched. I've, I've I've been by myself over there for the last three nights in Georgia. I, I've watched a video of um, Adam Yock, the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Recent video, and he was talking about Run DMC, and I was kind of the same way. I listened to their first album, their second album. You know, remember Hard Times? And oh yeah. See, Wayne, when we were in college at the Turney House, 
we didn't know the Beastie Boys and Run DMC, yeah. and he'd show up and play us all this stuff. Like, so they what the fuck you listening to? That did, that you're great. right. That yeah. brought them into the mainstream. Yeah, and was a great song for both bands. Well, Run DMC, even before that song, was probably the first rap group to incorporate rock. Yeah, into yeah. rap, and it worked. It did. Smash hit. So that was my number four. All right, guess what? We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Percy, what's your number three? My number three, only one person on the planet could get his own comeback special. Oh, my gosh. And they gave Elvis a 68 comeback special. And it was great. Because he had spent seven years making cheesy films for Colonel Parker. Yeah. And he comes back with a 68 comeback special. Yep. And the song I'm going with is the medley of Trouble and Guitar Man. Love it. All dressed in black leather. That's awesome. And yeah, if, you, if you've that. never seen that Just go 68 on YouTube. comeback special. Elvis comeback, 68 comeback special. Do yourself what a, a favor. And it's, it's great because there's a couple times where he actually messes up. Well, Elvis messed up all the and he time had to go back on stage and do and do the songs. But when he got going, it was just he was cooking. It was great. He was cooking. All right, that's your number three. Good selection. LL, what you got? I'm, I'm going to have to listen to that. My dad, you know, my sister and I were here. We're talking about old episodes I've been watching, but my sister and I were here a few months ago, and we talked about my dad. He was a big Elvis fan. I remember the Elvis albums, but I never really have listened to a lot of Elvis. This was great. Y'all were playing before the podcast here in the background. So I'm going to have to listen to Elvis. Elvis. So number three, it's been mentioned, but I don't think anybody's had it on their list, but Tina Turner. Yeah, absolutely. Tina Turner, what a great comeback. You know, after Ike and Tina, I read a little bit about it when she passed away. And, you know, Ike had, Ike Turner had, had, um, What's it called? Uh, he had trademarked her name, Tina. Yeah. I, can well, I, Tina was, I thought you were going to say he had anger issues. He did. He had that too. So he had trademarked I can Tina, so he could just replace her. You know, so just disrespect for her talent by him. You know, Ike. We all agree is a major league asshole. Asshole was. Yeah. And if we, he, he had a good bass voice. Yeah, but play. that's about it. Yeah. We'd all whip his ass if we could. Oh, get him we'd back. whip his skinny ass in a heartbeat. That's right. So, uh, but Tina, you know, he's when he was. I'm not sure if he's passed away, but I saw a blues documentary, and he was still like touring on the Chitlin circuit, like at these old blues juke joints and stuff. He was still going around. I love that it's called the Chitlin. Chitlin now, there's something about Chitlins. There's two ways to eat them or prepare them. They're either slung or stump whipped. How do you eat your chitlins? I don't eat. That's probably just good policy. That's yeah. a great policy. Yeah. So well, anyway, that, hit me again. I can put some stank on it. That's right. She needs to be on the list. She is on the list, and what a great comeback. She After after the Ike Turner Tina dissolved, she was playing hotels and, yeah. you know, just a kind of a... Holiday Inn lobbies. That's right. Just, just doing what she could, but... Um, she, um, uh, you know, somebody heard her version of I Can't Stand the Rain, put it together for an album, and Private Dancer, mm-hmm. you know, catapulted her into stardom, and, you know, she just went on a great run there. She even got a good acting jig, gig in Mad Max. Beyond Thunderdome. She had a pretty popular song from that movie. We don't need another hero. Yeah, yes. we don't need another hero, yeah. It's but, like awesome. One of my which, favorite Tina songs. Which I don't subscribe to that. I think everybody needs another hero. I'll be your hero. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tina Turner, so I picked this song, and to me it's just a great song, no matter the story, but it's called I Might Have Been Queen, and it's the first track on Private Dancer. Okay, I know and, the song. And the, the couple that wrote that song for her actually interviewed her to write a song about her. So Tina believed that in the former life that we were all living in some other time. And that's where they came up with that. She believed at some point in the past 
you know, 300 years ago or whatever, she might have been queen of something. She might have been. She she certainly well, she looked the part. She definitely was the queen of rock she there was the for queen, a while. Queen of the 1980s. Yeah, for sure. But uh, that song, and about two and a half minutes into that song is some of the great greatest soul singing that you'll ever hear uh, from anybody. So I encourage everybody to listen Tina to that. Was bad. I might have been queen off of Providence. Bad woman. Love it. Good choice. So. That's great. So we're number three. All right, Percy. My number three, I may be stealing your thunder right here. I don't know, but I'm going with the Eagles. You know, those guys, when they broke up, they freaking broke up. That was, in my honest opinion, the greatest American band. Yeah, I mean, it really could quite possibly be the greatest American band overall. I mean, I know Skinner was right there too, but the Eagles, man. They broke up, disappeared. Henley went on, had a great solo career. Glenn Fry went on, had a moderate, cool solo career. Randy Meisner made well, one or two. Go, but Timothy went on to have solid work. He well, played Timothy on was, Twisted was, Sister albums yep, and yep. stuff. He never got credit, but he got paid. Yeah. He did. Good for right. him. Randy had already left. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, when they, well, when, yes. Yeah, and we and Joe, was, Joe was in a bad state. He, yeah. I mean, he did a, a a few albums and stuff, but he was in a bad way. Probably the Eagles getting back together saved his life. Without a doubt. I would agree with Felber that. Felber had a moderate success. You know, he was in that movie, remember Heavy Metal? Uh, that song, oh, yeah, Heavy absolutely. Metal. Felder had that one song, had to Take a Ride on Heavy Metal. Yeah. That was a movie. great song. Because Joe was... Cool were you living here in, in Alberville when that... Oh, yeah. It was the first at the cartoon Mar-Gordon. I saw with nudity. Yeah. It was like uh, 1980, 81, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Joe was a raging alcoholic, and the band came to him and said, we need you. Yeah. And Joe said, well, if you need me, I'll get straight. Yeah, I'll there, get sober. Man. He said, I'm there, man. He got sober, and the rest is history. Still touring, making great music. And my song I'm, I'm picking is uh, from Hell Freezes Over, and it's Hotel California. It's the acoustic version. It's unique, and I just think that just <clears throat> got everybody back on the Eagles train when they did that uh, acoustic version of Hotel California. So that is my number three. All right. Percy approved? Well, you did steal my thunder. I uh, figured I would. My number two is the Eagles. And they're just the greatest American band ever. And my song was actually a hit from them from that album. Right. And it was Get Over Get It. Get Over It. Which I think they wrote backstage before they went out there on. It was like when they got back together, Glenn and Don were talking and they were worried about writing again. And Glenn said, Don just began telling me all the stuff that was pissing him off. Yeah. And so we just got together and wrote this song. And it's it's amazing, as liberal as Don is, if you listen to the, some of that stuff in that song, it's just like, quit bitching and moaning. Other people's stuff is not your fault, you know. Get on with your life. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good song. Quickly written and quickly performed and it turned out to be a hit and it was meaningful i mean that's how good henley and fry were when they got together you know yeah, what was right. the line in the song you like to you bitch about the present and blame it on the past mm-hmm. i'd like to find your little child and kick its little ass that's right <laughs> get over it get over it outstanding all right that was your number two wayne what you got for two good, good choice um for the record i think the eagles are outstanding too I kind of thought about it a little bit different. I, I was talking with a friend of mine last week about this, and he was mentioning some bands like the Eagles and Guns N' Roses and such, and I said, uh, you know, the way I thought about it, I interpreted this episode as people that were kind of down and out, and I kind of thought, hey, the Eagles can regroup and sell out any arena, you know, sure. anywhere, Guns N' Roses too. So so my bands really had a really down and out. Uh, All right. And, and so... Uh, my thunder's been stolen a little bit my last two, but I'm going to say them anyway. Number two is Aerosmith. Yeah. I saw them in 86 or 87, and they were total shit. I mean, awful. They were, they were, they were out there. They were gone. Man. They were awful. And uh, you could tell 
and and I was just shocked that they came back. My wife and I saw them again in 2003 over in Raleigh, North Carolina. Kiss opened up for them. They were fantastic. One of the best bands I've ever seen. So they can rock. what a great comeback. And you're right. Everything you said, drugs, all that. Uh, you know, all of them are still healthy now. I mean, I, I don't know how much touring they're done, doing now, but uh, they do come on, you know, Howard Stern and, and places like that and play and still sound great. But Well, I think this was their last tour that they're on right now. It's right. their uh, Say Goodbye Tour, whatever they call it, but it's their final. You know, but a lot of them have final tours, and they come, they're waiting here, like and they do another. Yeah. Yeah. How many final tours did George Strait have? <laughs> Six or something like that. It's ridiculous. So, hey, money is money. That's right. Yeah. So, so the song I chose was from their first comeback album, uh, is The Other Side. Take Me to the Other Side is from the Pump album. Nice. And that was a great... It had several great songs on it, so that was kind of their comeback album. Like it. You're number two. My number two, a lot of people forgot about this. Um, a very popular duo for me. I listened to a lot of this growing up in my house. My mom and dad loved them because they were folkish and rocky. Not so much rock. They're folk. But it's Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. You know, those guys made a string of hits in the 60s that were freaking amazing. I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, you can, you know, you can just rattle off their tunes. They broke up. Paul went his separate way. Artie went on, I think he had one album, one or two good songs, Ragdoll or something like that. Then they had a reunion concert live in Central Park. Mm. And the place was packed. I mean, it was record numbers in Central Park and uh, it's a great album if you've never heard it it's uh, uh, Live in Central Park Simon and Garfunkel and the song I'm going to pick is The Boxer which is one of my favorite Simon and Garfunkel songs so that's an that is an epic solid duo with a great story and comeback so that's my number two you know I never knew I, I know Simon and Garfunkel but I never knew they you know, come back or whatever. Yeah. I didn't think they broke up, yeah. went single, solo, whatever. Came back for this big reunion concert, and it, it killed it. So, and we have to mention that Paul Simon never paid his bill at Muscle Shoals Sound Studios. Well, according to them, he stiffed him. I'm I thinking comebacks, not uh, top. I listened to assholes. that last night, episode number four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. music produced in Alabama. Yeah, you know, those bastards. It's, it's hilarious when that yeah. guy told us about you that. You know, I don't like hearing Paul Simon sing The Sound of Silence. And he sings that at his concerts. Yeah, he doesn't need to do, you do know, it so much. I mean, yeah. come on. You Every gotta, now and then he tries to take on too much lead and a bridge over troubled water. And that's Artie's song, well, man. am I thinking of Bridge Over Troubled yes, Water? Yes, yeah, you so, are. Okay, so that's the one that... Yeah, Arthur Paul needs to shut up and yeah. play guitar. That's Artie's masterpiece. Right. So, yeah, you're right. But anyway, that, that's, I chose the boxer on that one It's because it's a favorite That's an on-site fact check right there. We're the talking about boom, and we nailed it. <laughs> All right. All right, we're down to number one. This has been good so yeah. far, surprisingly. Uh, no one has stolen too much thunder, but there's some coming up, I'm sure. Percy, I cannot wait to hear what your twisted mind says for number one. Before I give my number one, I want to... My, Put your shirt back on. My definition... Okay, no more tequila for you. My definition of a comeback was people who had had hits and went several years before they had another hit. It wasn't... That That's was just true. my personal definition. Well, I hey, mean, not just... All applies. Yeah, yeah, not just we're back yeah. and we're touring again. That's just my personal definition. All applies. Okay, it does. And for my number one, I'm going with Roy Orbison. That's a great selection. Because 25 years passed, and I'm not counting the stuff with the Wilburys, because yeah. that was that was a group mm-hmm. and a super group. I mean, you could have put anything on an album and it was sold. <laughs> but he with had that yeah, that's right. He had a number nine Billboard hit with "You Got It." Yeah. And it was released after his death. And if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Lynn had his production hand in that as well. And to go 25 years in between. That's pretty big. That, that, that To me, yeah. that's a comeback. Yeah, that's massive. Good selection. That was your number one. Roy Orbison, 
What a great choice for number one. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen Black and White Night? I have not. All right. Check out that video because it's Roy. It's all filmed in black and white. Jackson Brown's on there. Bruce is on there. J.D. Souther's on there. Bonnie Raitt's on there. And they're all playing with Roy. Check it out. You can YouTube it. Roy Orbison, Black and White Night. The guy's older. He's still got his sunglasses on. And he could... His voice was very operatic. If he could. He could. Belt my memory the notes. may fail me, but if when he did that video was, were there not a lot of those people in that video when he did? You got it. Yes. Because there was a black and white video that he did, and I can't remember if that was the video. Yeah. And he had there was there was so many of those people. That were That's in right. That, that, that was from Black and White Night. That were in that video. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they all. Everybody loved Roy Orbison. Who 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 couldn't? That's right. All right. I can't wait to hear it, Wayne. What's your number one? Well, you know, before we went on air, you and I said we'd probably have a lot of the same uh, picks, but probably in different orders. Right. So that's turned out to be true. So my number one has already been mentioned, but by God, it's the number one comeback of all time, Ozzy Osbourne. It, it's a huge comeback. I mean, left for dead, drugs, alcohol, kicked out yeah. of Black Sabbath. He comes back. I'm a 16-year-old kid, maybe even 15. I got tickets to see him in Huntsville, Alabama. Two months earlier, he had bit the head off of a bat or something. We were yeah. waiting on that. Then he was like blowing up goats. I go see him. Randy Rhodes is playing guitar. Oh, classic Ozzy lineup. And, and he's been going strong ever since. But that was a hell of a comeback. And Ozzy Osbourne, the song I'm going to pick is from that first album, Blizzard of Oz. Flying high again. Boom! I love it. Oh, we got two good Aussies on there. That's right. Cool. That's outstanding. All right. We're wrapping up with my number one. Thunder's already been stolen, but to me it's my solid number one, and it is the king, Elvis Presley, 68 comeback tour. Um, I didn't realize how powerful it was until I saw the movie. I mean, I always liked it. even have... Know, had I've got the album, um, loved it. Loved he came back in the black leather, uh, but then he came out toward the end of the comeback. It was a tele a live. It was a televised show. You know, it was a whole TV production. He comes out in a white suit with the red, you know, whatever you want to call it, semi ascot, and he does "If I Can Dream," and it was a protest song, and the. Uh, Colonel Tom is in the in the sound booth, you know, with the producers. He said, he's doing a fucking protest song. It's an Elvis protest <laughs> song. It's made the list before, I think, in protest songs. And uh, anyway, it was a great performance. That was a great comeback. It's a great album. And Elvis, the king. And in my book, the king of comebacks. So... It's been pretty good. So we got a little time maybe uh, to do some let's build a playlist on some things we think need to be on there. So I'm going to start. Brian wanted to do um, Peaches and Herb (laughs) and Neil Sedaka. Um, Well, that would go good on this playlist. (laughs) Percy May, Ozzy, Mark of the Moon, uh, Peaches and Herb. And Neil Sedaka. Yes, I'm not related to him, by the way. We love you, Brian, and those are big comebacks. There was 10 years difference, and those are good selections. But I'm going to go with Fleetwood Mac. You know, they all sort of broke up and scattered for a little bit, and when they came back and did their live, um, the dance, I used to call it the river, Percy used to scold me all the time, so... I want to put Silver Springs on there, and, um, you know, that's it. I think I got my others pretty much covered, so I want that one to be on there. Percy, you got some playlist builders? I got several. One was by the great Ray Charles, who had disappeared off the map until he recorded Seven Spanish Angels with Willie Nelson. Great selection. Another, and this is for you, disappeared off the map to the 80s. And he recorded the streets of Bakersfield again <laughs> with Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. And Dwight Buck Yoakam Owens had a Owens. hit with the streets of Bakersfield. Damn. The Beach Boys, 22 years later, had a hit with Kokomo. Kokomo. 
That would go well with Ozzy Osbourne. Joe Cocker, 14 years later, When the Night Comes. It's a great song. ZZ's Top, 10 years later. MTV put them on the map. They did. With legs. Yep. And that's my list. Wayne, you got anyone to add to the playlist? I've got three that that kind of just were outside on the edge here. And uh, the first one was Allison Chains. You know, great singer, died, you know, 15, 20 years later, they've got a new singer, and they're on tour. They've made three albums, I think. So that song is Check My Brain. Um, that's new. It's good to Alice in Chains. Um, another one's Van Halen. You know, we forget about them, but Van Halen, Van Halen's uh, third singer, Gary Sharon, you know, yeah, Warner Brothers strange. dropped them. I yeah. mean, they brought Warner Brothers into this world, and then Warner Brothers dropped them. Bastards. And, you know, and I wasn't a fan of that era, but, uh, but you know, it's Eddie Van Halen. Come on. Nor was I, but you still and, had respect. Yeah, so they, they brought Day back a couple, you know, a couple of times. Um, I didn't pick, a, the reason I didn't pick a song off that um, different kind of Truth album that they did the full album is because it's not streamed. So the one I picked is a song called Me Wise Magic. It's on the best okay. of. And it's Dave singing it. It's the new one they made in the late late nineties. They made two new songs with him. Me Wise Magic, so that's a great song. Third one, Go Go's. I always mention the Go Go's, one of my favorite female bands. I love, you know, uh, punk type female musicians that that sing and all that. Go Go's, uh, you know, they were kind of falling off. Everybody forgot their music. They're inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple years ago. Their song is stuck in my car. I like the song. Yeah, definitely song. heard it. All right, good selections from everybody. Uh, Percy will have free creative um, uh, artistic allowance to build this playlist with whatever he thinks. The playlists are always good. Remember, we're available on all uh, streaming platforms and Apple Music for the podcast. Good show, Wendy. Thanks for being here. Percy, as always, love awesome. you, brother. Love both of y'all. And uh, all I got to say is bye-bye.